You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 449th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Hurricane HQ, Orlando, Florida. Uh, hey, this is Matt in Recovering Sick Town, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer, also in Minneapolis, Minnesota for the week, but not in Little Guy's Green Room because he's still recovering from sickness. That's true. Technically, He's... maybe not contagious, but yeah, you probably don't need this air. Yeah, so, I don't know. Whatever well, cooties you have, I don't want them regardless. Kickstand, it is great to see you after missing you for a full week oh, on the forgot. podcast last week. You know, I listened and I had totally, <laughs> I had pushed it out of my mind. Maybe it's because I probably had a fever when I listened, but I, I forgot. I'm kickstand, huh? That's my thing. Well. If there's obviously, there's a lot to talk about. We've got some listener emails. We've got some Vuelta conversation to have. But little guy, we spent last week and we kind of danced around the subject of Worlds. But you and I had um, the opportunity to head over to Worlds to take in a variety of events. Mm -hmm. Cycle ball, artistic cycling. Oh my God. I saw BMX freestyle and mountain bike trials. I'm so excited. Cross country uh world championships yeah. the men's the male uh men and women's yeah and uh you got to see the women's road race the yes. final event with the host with the most martin Steele, from apparently the greatest seat in all of glasgow we did get on a the really foot good of seat. the biggest climb yeah we got um, we got so, found a sweet spot on the parking garage it was awesome it was great so where do you want to go first to take a spencer on this adventure because one of the highlights, obviously, was the ride around Falkirk, uh-huh. the pizza at the Do the Right Thing. Yeah, pizza that sounds pizza great. Ball. I've heard about all this. I need to know but, about Cycle Ball. I've been yes. on the edge of my seat for far too long. Uh, oh. I need to know. Yeah. Tell me all about it. Was how, it everything we'd we hoped begin? and dreamed? How do we begin? Um, I think we got to set the stage a teeny bit, which is that when we grabbed a cab from the train station to get to Cycle Ball, uh, our mm-hmm. host, Martin, told the cabbie, we're going over to whatever, the Emirates Stadium to see... To the velodrome. The velodrome yep. to see the cycling event. The cabbie went, uh-huh, 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 and started to drive away before Tim had even got in. The cabbie knew. The cabbie knew we were trying to drop Tim, and he tried. He tried to get Tim out of the cab, but it didn't work until <laughs> yeah. he got in. He almost killed me. He almost at, killed at Tim. At that moment. But the yeah. reason I'm telling you... And it was one of those weird, like, British cabs, so the doors opened all weird. Yeah. And yeah. so almost got taken out by the door. Yeah, yeah. it was not It good. was a thing. So we are already a little... This is a weird cabbie. We got a few blocks almost to our destination, and I I don't know if the cabbie forgot where we were going or he's just he's taking a piss, <laughs> but he started complaining about a biker on the road in front of us who was waiting at a light. And he's uh-huh. like looking at us like, can you believe these cyclists? Can you guys believe these cyclists? <laughs> and we were all looking at each other like, this guy remember where we just said we were going? Like, 
Is he not? We're going to see Cycle Ball. Tim's wearing his Cars Are Coffins hat. Um, (laughs) Which is maybe why the guy tried to kill Tim before he got him. And so our cabbie uh, sort of rudely passed this guy while complaining. Eventually, we... He was kind of asking what we were seeing, well, why we were going to the velodrome again. We are like, well, we're going to cycle ball and artistic cycling, uh, two of the greatest sports ever. And he's like, oh, I hear about that on the Slow Ride podcast all the time. And then it was, uh-huh. all, it was all chummy from there on out. Um, I see. Okay, so that's how we so, got there. That's how we got there. He, and he, read, he ran a red light, which, like, that light had been red for since Thatcher was around. Like, that light was so yeah, red. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was not a good. Scary. It was not a good cabbie experience. Now okay. the the, we're there the now. night, we're we're there now, but remind you, two nights before, little guy and I went to the track world championships, and the velodrome is on the far east side of town, next to the dump. <laughs> there's a there's a garbage dump across the street. Yeah, cheap land to put a velodrome. Yes, <laughs> and um. We had to. We started walking back. I don't know, little guy, you remember this? We started walking back because you know I had a plan. Um, the plan was to go to a train station to another train station out, and this nice gentleman, Allie, was like, "Hey, it's going to take you a really long time to get back to the the big station. I'll just give you a ride." So we kind of evened each other out. We had a horrible cab driver experience, and then we had an awesome Glaswegian mm-hmm. give us a ride home. So. 50 yeah. 50. No, We're, it was great. The, the, uh-huh. the, the crowd was pretty awesome, you know? Yeah. yeah. So so we go into uh, so Wednesday night was great velodrome. Friday night's why we were there. We were there for cycle ball and artistic cycling. Right. We get there a little bit, like I think like maybe two or three of the women's doubles teams and artistic cycling had already started. Yeah. So we saw three, I and, think, right? We saw three, yeah. but they were by far the best. And they were seated off of qualifiers because I don't know how the scoring happens, but what I do know is these athletes are incredible. You've definitely seen artistic cycling, Spencer, with the crazy upturned handlebars, Uh, standing on the handlebars, doing the 360s. Fantastic. But the difference between bronze and gold, night and day. For like really? speed and ability, <laughs> I I think so. Like just way faster. The Germans, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, maybe uh-huh. a little bit of France, but apparently, Martin thinks that there's just a valley <laughs> in the Alps <laughs> that this is really popular. This is like a single, a single valley where all mm-hmm. the countries come mm-hmm. together. Yeah. That's the epicenter of artistic cycling. One person so that happened and it's, bars up in that valley 50 years ago, and they created two sports out of it, artistic cycling well, and cycle ball. So it's, it's, it's near enough to the UCI headquarters that they, that they think yes. it's popular everywhere. Yes, hmm? yes. Yeah. yes. It's, and a, it's a, so a small segment of nations and fans, but yes, good stuff. It's impressive. So artistic cycling's happening, beautiful wheelies. Uh-huh. People standing on other people's shoulders while their bikes are on wheelies. There's nice. this amazing section wherein all of them they go from one bike to two bikes, and so the the manager, the team manager, ghost rides the bike like from 50 feet away mm-hmm. to one cool. of the the cyclists to grab. Fantastic, yeah. um, and so that happens, and they they do the medal ceremony. The medal ceremony is intense because 
some dudes come out and put people up on their shoulders and do coordinated paranet pirouettes. It was amazing. That's true. And you're like, this is like they'd done them. It felt like they'd practiced the medal ceremony. Like not only was were the routines by all these teams spot on, but yeah, <laughs> when they would finish the, the, the performers got put on their coach's shoulders and then they did a routine, all the three nations together. It was, uh, it was spectacular. It was spectacular. Wow. And so that's like they do the they they do the ceremony in the anthem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they bring out these boards for cycle ball. And Which it is, takes I, w- I would like to circle back and say what I asked about originally. So I'm glad yeah, that yeah. we've gotten here. Well, but I had to set the scene. Yeah, I set the scene. Good. So I appreciate we're, that. Yeah. We're a couple, you know, we're kind of into it. There's some like horns being blown, you know, like the. Well, let's just say, like, during artistic cycling, it is silent <laughs> or it is super silent. Like Tim, music, don't say a word, right? Yeah, and I'm like, sure. Like, there's signs up that say, you know, don't move around during their performances and stuff like that. Yes. This is right. not a big yeah. stadium. Yeah, right as the 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 goals and the and the boards get moved in <laughs> to make this court a a cycle ball court. It starts getting rowdy. It starts getting rowdy, like, right? Like really rowdy. Yeah, yeah the horns Obviously. are out. People yeah. are shaking things, and you can people tell playing that, trumpets. Like, there is a German section. <laughs> there is a French section, and it is like, oh yeah. I'm starting to feel those two nations might have a little history. I don't know what it is, but they've got. There's the French, the Germans, <laughs> and then so Aust- so like France decided to show up. They weren't there in in artistic cycling, but they're there. They are there. In, uh, they are represented. They're there. So okay. then, um, all right. The the lights go dark. Oh my god! Disco ball set up, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, I forgot the song, little guy. But it, it was, was some great. Most teams came out to song number two by Blur. Yeah, if you don't know the song by <laughs> name. You've ever been to a sporting event and you heard a Blur song. This is it's, the song you heard, right? So, all of the riders. So they're like, let's welcome Austria. And the Austrian cycle ball team, men, are riding their amazing bikes out at walking speed until they get on the court. And they put in the 30, <laughs> the hardest 20 pedal strokes I've ever seen in my life. Like BMX track race start. To get to the other side, and then they just skid and do like a 180 yeah. and go back to their goal and wait for the next team to come out, which does the same thing. Whoa. And then the ref comes out and just drops the ball. Like there's no like coin flip. No. It's like something was. It's seven minute. <laughs> I the games it. are too short. Seven minute halves, and the bikes are next level. They're what, seven like one to one. minute halves. Who do you think invented that idea? Like, how did we get to seven minute halves? <laughs> I don't know how we got to. It's any too short. Rules in this event. We did. I mean, <laughs> let's admit, Tim, we went so, in not knowing all the rules, and we still don't know all. the Yeah, rules. we've talked about this it a was, lot. But all four of us that were there that night, we were uh, periodically googling different rules during the game because <laughs> while it's fairly straightforward, you're trying to get the ball in the other team's net. The who has possession is a little confusing. Like when you first watch it, you're like, just steal the ball. But there's, there's very definitive rules about where you can be as a defender and how you can cross the other person. 
or like huh. where your wheel has to be in relation to theirs and like you can't touch there's things i still don't get but definitely watching it for the first time at first you're a little bit like it's just why are you just standing there and then one team eventually shoots and then they get the ball back and you're like why did they get the ball back and the ball has no know. bounce and the ball seems hard as a rock and they have the ability with the way that their saddles are to put all their weight over their back wheel so that they actually put all force and leverage into the wheel whip, which the raises wheel? the yeah. ball to like head height. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy how fast this thing goes. this thing moves at a speed. I we learned a little bit of tactics. It was fun to watch. I needed more of it in my life, and they only played three games. So it was only what forty-two minutes of action. Yeah, I could have watched a couple. It was more it was games. too short. I could have watched a couple more games. And there's an A pool and a B pool. The B pool are the countries that definitely aren't good. So it's like Japan, Canada. Of note, no U.S. team. Yeah, for we the still got really. Hope. We still yeah, hope. this we is interesting. Um, so then the the top seven teams. Like all or top eight teams were all playing to each other. Or You're saying six, sorry. if we figured out the rules, yeah, well, we oh, yeah. we could be the, the team. The bikes are going to be pretty hard to find. As well, well <laughs> we've all got fixed gears. We can crank the bars up. That's no problem. Um, but as we know, like USA Cycling is driven by medals, right? Like that's all they care about. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So I think if we're like, hey, we're getting an outside chance, one in ten. Of getting a medal, that's pretty good. Well, it's better than felt, you got on the road. Look, do we know who won the Cycle Ball World Championships? I think Germany won. Yeah, they they looked pretty good. But anyways, the crowd they had mascots. Mm-hmm. The oh. the the Germans had like a like a cow of some kind. Um, they had full bands. They had the flags that go over the crowd so that the people underneath the flag can't see, but it creates a cool crowd effect. Yeah, waving effect. Yeah, yeah. We were sitting next to the French fans. Very loud. And they were loud and just angry, so checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I Highlight of the trip was being there for cycle ball and then being angry when it was over. I needed more <laughs> cycle ball in my life. <laughs> How can we get more cycle ball in our lives? It, I'm surprised it's not bigger, even amongst the people that are listening to this. I know mm-hmm. we're like 10 minutes into the podcast and uh, we've talked a lot about cycle ball, but I got to tell you, like, go watch it on the internet. It's worth it. A highlight of the trip to see it. Um, they're going to do another super world championships, I think, in four years in Paris. I would totally go to it to go see it. Um, okay. All right. To cycle ball. I, I don't know if I can find the small valley of which this sport is a sport. Um, the, a little rough and tumble, little guy. We saw a little like shoving happening. I think the, the, the um, Czech and the Austrians didn't really get along that night. <laughs> Was the referee yeah. on a bicycle? No. Two of no. them. No. No, that there, there's bikes. two of them. And I I think that they're like high school classmates okay. of the other people um, because they all grew up in the same school. But um, yeah, they, they kind of walked around because they had to like set the ball down a lot because the ball goes out of bounds a lot. Yeah. They didn't really figure out the board thing. It's a, it's a sport made for TV. <laughs> all right. 
So we could so, we should be able to get this on some ESPN five or six or oh, something. The fact sure. that this isn't on the Ocho is yeah. ridiculous. It's it's that awesome to watch. Okay, so that was Friday. Okay. Saturday we go to Glentress, which is the cycling center of cross country mountain biking in Scotland. Okay. Now, while we were there, I mean, the first thing I noticed was 80% of the crowd there is wearing Endura jackets because it's like 25 miles away from headquarters and it's raining all the time. So everyone was ready for the rain. And I'm like, okay, we're in the, we're in the Scot- Scottish Tweed Valley, ready to go. And then we struggled up the hill to go find the rock drop. We thought we saw it. And then we didn't on the first lap. We're like, well, this is it. And then we go a little bit up further up the hill. And then you're like, oh my God, that thing is like 15 feet tall. And they're coming down it pretty hard. And this was a, during the women's race. PFP putting on a clinic. Oh, um, on a clinic. Cr- crowd filling up. Pretty awesome to see. Video scoreboard. Um, overall... The track looked pretty awesome, but really impressive features that showed well also on TV. Really cool to see, but not a ton of excitement in the crowd because there wasn't, it wasn't like Evie Richards was, was barnstorming up the, the race during, like PFP was running away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it's like a two and a half hour break between the men's and the women's. There's a buzz in the air. People are ready to see the Pidcock show. Right, so yeah, little guy Vanderpool and I are like man, at this point, yeah, and Vanderpool, Paul, yeah, Vanderpool yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're all about Vanderpool. So there, there's a lot of drama. I I know you guys were on the ground, so you might not have your finger on the pulse of the amount yeah. of drama that was happening on the internet at this time around the okay the mountain bike races. Yeah, because um, Vanderpool have won. Oh yes, yeah, the road right, and everyone started freaking out like. Oh, he's going to be able to win three jerseys, and he's going to be the first person to do that. And there are obviously a bunch of people being like, actually, PFP has already done that. Um, Don't forget about PFP. And then there were a bunch of male cycling fans (laughs) who were like, well, technically, one of hers was the year before, and the other two were the year after even though she had them all at the same time. Yeah. So we mean in the same calendar year. Yeah. And I was like, it's a legendary comment right there. You you don't mean within the same 12 month period. You mean from an arbitrary date to an arbitrary date to exclude one. So Matthew Vanderbilt can be the golden boy. And they're basically like, yeah, that's what I mean. Um, (laughs) So there's a lot of stupidity going on. And then the UCI added in a whole lot of stupidity as well, which I'm not sure if you guys were aware of on the ground. I want to know about this, mm. about the call-up order, starting order. Oh, um, yeah, we'll, because we'll get to that. Because there was a lot of drama about where Vanderpool started, a lot more drama about where Pidcock started, yep. and him winning, Don't adding to this drama. Oh, that, that drama we knew was happening because we were reading about it on the bus from the parking ride. Okay. Yeah the place but spencer yeah we ha- we were hungry <laughs> okay <laughs> we, we were okay. hungry this we, is a two there's hour a two and a half hour gonna... <laughs> this is a there's a two and a half hour gap 
between the the men's race and the uh-huh. women's race. The women's race, PFP just took the title. Um, yeah. To to shut up the naysayers, and uh, so the little guy and Martin and I were like, let's go get some food. So we go to the food center. We go to the food trucks. There's a really long line at the Haggis, the Haggis wagon. I don't know what it was. I think it was the Haggis, the Hag, the, the Haggis wagon. Yeah. The Haggin wagon. Yeah. Pretty long line. They had vegan Haggin, Haggis there as well. And we were like, but right next to it, little guy, what was there? Some sort of potato place. It said something vegan though, like the, vegan the vittles v- or the, something. The vegan, the vegan food truck, the vegan yeah, food cart. Yeah. Nice. So that's where I'm going, man. That's that's my that's my ticket. And I that's was like Huckleberry. Yeah. Yeah. And I was gonna go there with you. So we stand in line. Oh, do we? Twenty minutes into this line adventure. <laughs> we we notice the line hasn't moved. I'm like, this Not is a little a weird. Yeah. Turns I mean, the, out the vegans that, weren't good at uh Managing. Oh, no, uh, yeah, I'd oh, like to Spencer, say something it gets better. before we can get any farther. What? Tim, at a later point, Tim and other other Christian Martin, we're kind of like, I can't believe this isn't faster. It's just potatoes. And all I could think was, <laughs> you guys, it's a vegan food truck. If you thought this was going to be fast, you're kidding yourselves. I knew this would be slow. I didn't think it'd be this. Right. I didn't think it'd be what what Tim oh. was about to explain to you. But it, it, I knew it would be slow. I, n- I had no way. I went in with different expectations, perhaps. You know? I knew. Like, I figured it might be slow, but they've had four years to plan no, for the Mountain Bike World Championship. Very true. Very true. This was, true. this was the final day. Because remember, they had it was open for six days before for the juniors, for the mm-hmm. e-mountain bike, mm-hmm. for everything. This was the penultimate day. The vegan food truck was there for all of the days. You think we so, get right? there and I start noticing people are going up ordering their food. The gentleman dishes up some fried potatoes with mm-hmm. some sauces, curry sauce, and then proceeds to try to charge the card. Of course the Wi-Fi is not working because it's little guy's neighbor and there's ten thousand people trying to get on the Wi-Fi in yeah, the middle just... of the Highlands. Yeah. And uh so the, the 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 food is not going through. The gentleman doesn't announce like, "Hey, if you've got cash, that'd be preferred." No, because it's Britain, and they like queues. It's just whoever's at the front of the line, you just got to deal with it until that person is taken care of, and then it's the next person in the queue who proceeds to try to pay with their credit card again. The UK corner time doesn't understand that you can have two separate queues. They did not Spencer. understand this. Spencer, there's there's only two. There's only two workers in here. So we're slowly, 20 minutes later, we move up five people. 20 minutes, and at this point, sunk cost, you're invested. And we're like, oh, there's a two and a half hour gap between the men's race and the women's race. We've got plenty so, of time to get our potatoes. Why they call it so we get a about, sunk cost a fallacy. We get, <laughs> we get three people away. Uh-huh. Now, at this time, I hear the gentleman running the stand go, Ooh, we've only got one curry sauce left. And then we're like, ooh, okay, like I guess I'll get the tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. And um and then the other guy goes, We're almost out of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I go, Oh, I think he just said we're out of potatoes, but we're only getting three orders. At that moment, mm-hmm. the woman directly in front of us mm-hmm. sees some friends walking by that she had not talked to talk to the entire time. No. Hey, can I get you some potatoes? 
No, can she I get, did can not. I get, yes. She did. She did. She proceeds to get like four of her friends potatoes. So now there's four more orders in front of the, oh, we're almost oh. out of potatoes call. So, of course, it's our turn to go up. And the guy goes, we're all out of potatoes. We're going to make some more. And I'm like, <laughs> at this point, I'm invested. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Guess what? We'll pay cash, too. And the guy, at that moment, we notice that he is peeling potatoes. He's peeling <laughs> the potatoes. They don't have with them a prepped. single. They don't have them prepped. No. He's literally peeling potatoes, and he's filling up the water to start boiling it. To yeah. then boil the potatoes with one yeah. three-inch knife, yeah, boiling not even the potatoes. A chef's knife. This guy doesn't even have a chef's <laughs> knife. And you, yeah, you would think they open up the fridge, they get out the pre-prepped potatoes, well, they throw them in that, they throw them in that oil. No, no, we're we are starting almost. He almost just dug these things up. What, <laughs> little guy? I mean, I feel like as the resident vegan, you should have known that they weren't going to have the right tools for the job. Oh like that's that's <laughs> wait, what wait. vegan food is, right? So but does we, the we normal waited. vegan guy? Does the normal vegan guy go? What are you guys waiting for? And you're like potatoes. He's like, oh. And then he asked the people behind us. He's like, "What do you What do you want?" And they're like, "Potatoes." That's and he's all like, they sell. He's like, "Everyone wants potatoes." It's all they sell. It's all they sell. There's nothing else. Well, they did have soup listed, but they didn't tell you what the soup was. So I don't. That's probably why yeah. nobody was interested yeah. in soup. Little guy, <laughs> it was potato soup. Come on, I know, probably. So potato and we like, wait. Uh, we wait. So at this point, we, we're for surely waiting because we're at the very front of the line. We stand there for a while. Eventually, uh, I don't know, Tim or Christian. <laughs> Tim or Christian just says, "Like, can we just pay right now? Let's just start paying right now." Yeah. And the guy's yeah. like, "You guys are gonna wait?" And we're like, "Dude, we've been standing in this line for forty-five <laughs> minutes, and we were at the front of the line. Of course, we're waiting. Where are we going? But, we've been yeah. standing here." Can, I'm like, "Here's can we my pay? money. Get it out of the way. I'll be yeah. back in an hour. Just set some aside for me. No, so and I'll pick them up." We're waiting, and it's just like the li- uh, this is one of those times where everyone in the line we're all best friends now. We're bonding. We've all we've all been through it together. So there, there's two guys in there, and the potato guy, the guy who's actually working the potatoes with that three inch knife, he eventually has to come out of the food truck and he's carrying a pot, and it is not a very big pot. It is like oh, no. not this is not a professional like you're making potatoes for. The 50, 60 people in line. It's like a small pot. You'd make oatmeal if you had a friend over in this thing. And yeah. he's carrying it. And we realize that after he goes out, he took it out back to dump the water off. Because they didn't have any no, water. No, buddy, no, we need that water. It's already no, he hot. Made, he's boiled him. He's boiled him. But now he's going to come back and fry him. But no, when but he's we coming need, back oh. in, I know I agree, Spencer. I know what you're saying, but we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. This, that would crush these guys. As he's coming back to walk oh, no. back into the food truck and walk up the stairs, he's now this guy has a smile on his face. The other guy looks stressed. This guy's so happy. He trips and almost drops the pot. Like the top comes halfway off and he kind of catches it. And we're right next to him and we're all like putting our arms up to brace him. Like, like we gotta yeah. guard this guy with our life. We like, were so, he's got we were our so potatoes. Worried. He makes it back in and it doesn't seem like they fried them. But it still took oh, at least no. ten more minutes to get these they were potatoes, potatoes. <laughs> to a pan, some salts, some some sauce. And 
Christian was the only one brave enough to get the guacamole sauce, which the guy was hand mashing. Yeah. But there was just the right amount of guacamole streak on the guy's glasses. On his glasses. <laughs> oh, good. And this, this line wow. was, was legendary enough that when we the left, worst. we just ran into a person who was walking by who was like, oh, you guys got, did you guys get the food? She's like, I've walked by you standing at the front of the line multiple times. Oh yeah, my she's like, God. for the last 30 minutes, we saw you in the front of the line at the vegan truck. <laughs> you you became the sight to see. Yeah. yeah. We were like, there's incredible. There's, those guys, yeah. those, those Americans and, are still standing in that line. Don't and, they know? And that they were not worth it. But we'd like oh. to thank Martin for buying us our meal that day because he was the only one with cash. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Martin. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, so, Tim, anyway, I think so, it's, it sounds like you learned a lesson. Oh, yeah. And by then, it was almost time to go back to watch the start of the men's race. Mm-hmm. So we climbed the hill and we had heard the drama about, you know, the, the, the start positions right. and where people were. Right. And one of um, one of the folks we were hanging out with had the race radio. Okay. Awesome so the race have. starts. Race starts. And we're up in like the upper part where you could see the track multiple this, spots. This really is like, cool. for context on the internet where you guys, you know, weren't maybe necessarily finger on the pulse. Oh, it's going bananas. Like everyone's freaking out yeah. about Vanderpool and how he can yeah. pull this off and how he's going to oh, yeah. like dethrone PFP and how his is going to be legitimate and hers is like only semi-legitimate or maybe not <laughs> legitimate, depending on yeah. who you're talking to. Like the, this, this is reaching a fever pitch yeah. at this there point. There was a buzz See? in the woods. I will say like yes. people were, people were definitely like talking about it, thinking about it and like pretty pumped yeah. for the fact this can happen. And, and, and because Tim's bud had a radio, there were a lot of people just like loitering around where we were standing because once that we knew the race started, nobody knew what was happening for right. a while. And right. so like that the this we had this race radio buzzing. It was like because I think they were doing a, a like a little quarter lap, like a start lap before they went up the big climb, which eventually funneled down into the single track we were. Now, where we were sitting, Spencer, which was great, you could see the course four or five different areas. You would get a lot of like time. We were in prime. I mean, if there's any doubt that little guy, Martin, Christian, and I, like fans of the sport, we would we had this thing scouted out. We scouted out during the women's race. We we're like, that's where mm-hmm. we need to be. Mm-hmm. So we got the race radio. It's pretty quiet in the woods. But then the word comes start, and then it's Vanderpool down. Like... Ugh. So Vanderpool fast. down, Vanderpool down, right hand turn, Vanderpool down. So I let out an F bomb. Like a pretty loud, I'm kind of embarrassed, but it was quiet. And then I'm like the American going, F bomb. And people kind of just looking like, oh, so disgusted that someone would swear in the woods. And I was like, <laughs> sorry. And I'm just like, no one else is angry that Vanderpool is now out. Like I was, I was hurt. I was physically hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the race is going on and Nino gets off to, to his lead group with a few people. You see like the, um, there's a Mexican rider that was like, uh, badge, I think uh, bib number seven. Cause he carried a lot of points from the UCI America standings. And you're like, Whoa, how'd that happen? Um, because right. Cause the, the level of skill in Europe, you would expect it to be mostly European riders. Um, but held his own. 
lap after lap, but slowly you start to notice over the laps that Pitcock is starting to pick him off. Like every lap he's getting three or four people further up the line. Mm-hmm. And each time we'd see him, you're like, whoa, he was behind that guy last time. And that was just 400 yards ago. Um, really impressive riding. Mm-hmm. And then you could just hear the buzz all over the course as Pidcock was picking off people one right. by one. Right. That you would hear like you and, knew where Pidcock was by the sounds of the crowd. And so if anyone listening is somehow not aware of the drama that happened, let me just uh, kind of spell it out. We had a couple things going on. We had the PFP, Vanderpool, just kind of dumb dudes drama, right? And that's kind of a side drama, um, which was settled obviously yeah. by PFP crushing all of her domination and winning a jersey and Matthew Vanderpool crashing on the start loop. Um, so case closed on that. PFP, definitely the champion and the only triple. Uh, the other drama, Pidcock, uh and others, uh, Sagan and some others or whatever, um, getting preferential <laughs> he was there. start spots. Um, the UCI changed the rules the night before uh, to give them preferential spots so they could move up from the last row to like 10th yeah. row or something, um, yeah. which they doesn't sound it, like yeah. a lot, but it's a lot, right? No, it's a and lot. So, they changed the rules to say, oh, if you're in the top 10 of another UCI category like cyclocross for Vanderpool, you can move up into, you know, the next row after the top 40 or whatever it was. Um, I think they went to row eight or something, right? Sure. Um, what's interesting is that Pidcock is 17th in ranking, not in the top 10. So I don't know why he was up there. Uh, they made new rules for these guys to move up and then bent those rules <laughs> to yeah. get Pitcock in, which is an interesting thing that happened. Uh, and so that's what uh, was super weird. Um, women's yeah, racers, very, weird. very upset about it. Um, uh, a, a couple of um, women's racers had to, like uh, Voss had to start at the back. Did not get that preferential treatment because the uh, rule no. got made. After her race, somehow. So um, I did see Nino Scherter and the Professional Riders Organization or whatever, like, release their statement. The, all the riders like, okay. released a statement that this was BS. Yeah. And nobody was happy about it, except for Pitcock, probably. Um, well, I don't I'm even sure think Vanderbilt. he was... I think he even came out saying he wasn't in He it, did. But, you know. Yeah. Which, kudos to him. But, but you know, he still put on his jersey at still, the end, so... Can we... Yeah. Can we all agree, though, that... Yes, the UCI handled it wrong, and they need to do both for both the male and female riders. Um, and then also, wasn't like part of the problem here that we knew Vanderpool was going to do this race like weeks ago? Like, why couldn't they have announced it like a month or two ago? Like, what? Right. Like, what was the what while some of the rankings were going on? Because I don't think most people would argue that Vanderpool should be starting in the back row behind like you know, other, like, let's be honest, he is a world-class cyclist that should probably be given some kind of treatment along with Pidcock. If he'd done any races, sure, sure. Um, I think he was just showing up, you know, for his Olympic uh, uh, teammates to get more start spots and stuff. Um, But then when he wins Road Worlds, all of a sudden they're like, oh, we need to showcase this guy more. Um it was a little BS. It was all BS, you know. Um, How do you feel about UCI him taking himself out again? 
I, uh, it's interesting uh, when you put and him on the right big stage first. like that. Uh, he doesn't seem like a choker, but on the mountain bike, he kind of does choke, doesn't he? <laughs> the uh, yeah. Well, it would. I know Pidcock benefited, but do you want to know else how else Pidcock benefited? How's that? Was because the men's race was actually oh, one yeah. lap shorter than it should have been. Really? Timmy, Timmy was at, full conspiracy mode toward the end oh, of the race. Oh, 100% conspiracy really? because it's totally the truth. And for all my friends in UK corner, you're lucky because our good <laughs> friends at the bike shop of Dunedin in New Zealand, they all knew the truth. And that was that Samuel Gaze was about to win the UCI Mountain Bike World Championships. And he came within like 15 seconds of doing so. And if there's one more lap, he would have totally won it. And if you look at the lap times... The lap, t- I think the women did seven laps and the men did nine, but the race had to be an hour and a half mm-hmm. and the, it should have been 10 laps because they were putting in like, what were they little guy? Like 10 minute laps or nine minute yeah. laps at the end. It should have worked they, out to one more lap. When they ex- It should have been one more lap if you look at it. And I know I'm not a UCI official, but I'm smarter than them <laughs> when it comes to yeah. putting You're better looking, cooler races. Better looking. I'm better looking. Mm-hmm. And 20 years ago when I started cycling, 18 years ago when I started cycling, I could have hung for one lap on the Champs-Élysées. <laughs> Which then gets the next question. I believe that I could have lasted two laps of the UCI Mountain Bike World Championship race. Sagan didn't even last two laps. Yeah, he did. He finished. But also... <laughs> yeah, sort of. The reason I could last two laps that most people don't know about is, right, they're not going to pull you on lap one. Because I would at least get through the, the course before the winner would come around. I'd at I don't least know if make that's it. True. Yeah, I don't know if that's true either, but okay. Guaranteed. Gar- now, you hang guys- on. Wait, Tim, oh. Tim, Tim, real quick. Describe that drop again to me real quick that they were doing. Here's the thing. There was a beeline that only Dude, added like beeline. seconds. The B line was, uh, it was definitely a B line at this level, but yeah, I was going to say the B line was not, uh, it had, it had some features that would have, would have scared so the they average had, cross racer. So yeah. they have a moto guy, like they have a guy on a, a mo a motorbike, which yeah. by the way, running a motorbike instead of an e-bike, um, you know, a little two stroke engine. I didn't really get it. So I was trying to lead chance. Little guy was helping me out. Um, I don't know if little guy helped me. Maybe it was Christian, <laughs> but he, the the motorbike, the moto driver was not taking the A line. He was not taking the rock drop. He would w- go around to the B line. So I was no. like, take the A line, and then he would miss it, and I'd boo him. And a bunch of other people joined in. It was great. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> you want to kill him, that guy. Now, when we were in the woods for most of the men's race, like kind of farther in, and then we went down by the where the the, ba- the big drop was and where the screen was for the last couple laps, kind of when uh-huh. it seemed like Pidcock had this cinched up. And, you know, the announcers were going crazy. You know, Pidcock's going to win it in the UK. Oh, my God. And that's right. Like, everyone was excited. And that was right at the moment where suddenly Gaze sort of, like, started showing up on screen. And there was a good lap there where it seemed like, oh, no, Pidcock's going to get caught. And there was a there was a feeling in the air that was uh it was fun to feel where the homeboy <laughs> the homeboy was going to win and everyone was up and then suddenly like 
gays came around the corner and everyone was kind of like, huh, yeah, it's still okay. Yeah, he's going to win. But like, there was some nervousness going around. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm fine with whoever won. Pitcock, it was good winner, whatever. Um, oh. But it was, it was, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't want to like, rain on everyone's parade but there was some sort of like perverse joy in how excited everybody was about the home winner and then suddenly you see this guy from one of the other commonwealth countries just like tearing toward him and you're like oh my god your fairy tale is about to get destroyed you guys and that's what i was really leaning into that was when i was really leaning into the conspiracy theory really loud be like this should be one more lap and the people are like shh (laughs) like stop it you know and um, um it was fun. Uh, little guy, one last thing about the mountain bike, and then we'll leave it at this. Um, we will put a picture up on our Instagram account. But I, our friend and our host, Martin Steele, had by far the craziest contraption I have ever seen for when it came to noise-making devices. And it was the, um, the basically the screwdriver, like electric screwdriver, Attached to a boat horn that had three different horn frequencies. So when you'd pull the trigger, it let out the full like really loud. Do you yeah. agree that that was the coolest contraption you've ever seen? It was very cool. Um, it was also cool just because they let him bring it in because it did sort of look like a bomb. <laughs> It it There's was wires going basically on. an air compressor with a bunch of hoses going out of it to a to a sort of a unidentifiable metal tube uh-huh. um, so it did uh-huh. look a little nefarious but yeah it was uh it was sort of like an old, old touring car horn sound too so it was like you know it was not too far off from what you imagine when you watch the tour and the, the french sure. police come great. through it was now, great it was super loud um and it was it was made one other important thing that the internet was on fire about while you guys were over there. And I want to know if the buzz was as hot on the ground, Mm -hmm. the official UCI plushie of the cow of the Scottish Highland cow was Mm -hmm. going gangbusters on the internet. They sold out. uh, Once this thing started making the rounds, they had to do another order and restock them. Did you guys see these on the ground? Was the hype there? And which one of you bought one? I'm guessing little guy. Huh. Uh, I did see them. I don't feel like there was I any I didn't buy hype. one either. I No, I didn't I buy say, one myself. I was very disappointed in the merchandise. Really? Yeah. The graphic design the from the UCI was not good, you say. Yeah. Interesting. The, 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 event, the event-specific merchandise was... I mean, I was I was gonna go buy a cycle ball shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it didn't even say that. It just said indoor cycling. Yeah. They could like, have jazzed it like, up more. They could have really jazzed it up. Um, we sh- we should say so. At some point, we we have to figure out some sort of competition that we can do for our listeners because uh, Christian, friend of the show here, did uh, make a play for some. Uh, some uh, shirts that like the helpers, like the, the volunteers <laughs> oh. were wearing. So I Christian have claimed one that he was a volunteer. He went into the thing yeah. and he's like, I'm a volunteer. I missed my pickup. And they're like right here. <laughs> Perfect. So the, the, they were wearing all the volunteers were in these sort of like uh turquoisey aqua, like uh, polos. Yeah. And they also had some pretty snazzy jackets. And then it does have the Lidl 
uh, as in Trek Lidl, yeah. uh, <laughs> logo on the sleeve, and then it has a, just a huge UCI patch sewn on it. Um, and so we, we've got two. One of them I'm keeping, but I will uh, I will model this for the for the for the Instagram at some point. But Perfect. then we have one more new in the plastic, so it's not even going to yeah. smell like my house or anything. Oh, um, still smell like Scotland or wherever it came from. Uh, so we got to come up. We got to between you... the three of us at some point come up with something to get folks to do something weird, so we can. Okay. See who how wins is your? This thing. How is the little experience for you, little guy? I thought it was amazing. Oh yeah. We're, we, all right. So we've left the mountain bike, and now we're almost back to Falkirk, and we're stopping for some groceries. Of course, we're stopping at uh, Sponsorship Works. We're stopping at the Little. Uh, how was it? Uh, it's a weird place. It's like an Aldi <laughs> kind of uh-huh. thing. It's so cheap. It's so cheap. I couldn't believe it. I mean, you guys know I'm a hippie, and and but I I thought they misquoted the number when I bought the stuff. And they didn't um, even have bulk food. <laughs> it was amazing. No, it was insane. But you did have but, to bring your own uh, I got some I got some tasty uh, <laughs> some tasty snacks and uh they had uh they had some funny shoes. You could get like they had the team s- the slides and the yeah. trainers. And the trainers, the trainers are so cheap. Everything is so cheap. I really wanted a fanny pack, like a team issue looking fanny pack cuz at sure. Cycle Ball we'd seen like a kid walking around with a like in the trek oh. little colors fanny pack and I wanted that but they didn't have any in store and so unfortunately that was what I wanted to buy not the uh, oh, not yeah. the well there was only one left and Christian got it unfortunately he beat you to it he, didn't he beat to me to it but... no he beat me to it but that, fair and square you know so, so you all follow in afterwards so yeah yeah we're all volunteers we all missed our pickup sorry uh, yeah unfortunately no we should have done that we should have done that more okay but um yeah, man, it was great. And then I took off the next morning uh, with Christian, and the little guy stuck for World uh, Women's. By yeah, the way, I women's, went. Uh, being at the end of the day, uh, end of the tournament, was pretty cool. I'm sure it was nefarious in some way for the UCI to set it up that way. Um, probably. Uh, <laughs> probably. Because, right, you had some um, uh, women's racers doing both the mountain bike and the road event. Um Sure, back to yeah. back versus like a week off, but it yeah. was still pretty cool to see the women get the 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 last the closing show. Of the week. Yeah, yeah, was, it was. was uh, nice. Yeah, me, uh, Martin, and me went in to Glasgow to watch the race, and yeah, found a pretty sweet uh, spot, kind of sitting on the edge of a parking garage on that uh, famous climb. I actually don't remember what the climb was called, but anyway. <laughs> The one, the one we'd all seen the videos of of Vanderpool and Capecchi uh, the week before blasting up in training at about a million miles an hour. So, how many laps uh, could Tim uh, survive uh, going up that hill with the with the oh. peloton? Oh my god! So or that hill zero. looks steep on camera, but it doesn't not do it justice of what it looks like in yeah. real life. That is a that is a beast of a climb, and especially uh, zero. especially if. You're in the race or, you know, you've been out front forever. Like we had a long, long, long solo move in that women's race, um, which seemed sort of like, ah, this will go away. And then it just kept sticking, kept sticking. Um, It's such a weird event since like 99% of the races, all three of us have ever watched have been like on computers. Yeah. You know, just like at home and you get to know everything. And it's such a different experience when you're there and watching it. So while it's weird. Like me and Martin ended up going back later that night and like just watching the last 15, 20 K of the race at home. 
because you do kind of are like, what happened? You know, like when they blast <laughs> by you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you see some remo- amazing moments. Like we got to see some nice, some, some attacks on the hill and like, you know, but we didn't see like the decisive move when uh, Ludwig like attacked and brought out Kopecky and all that stuff. So like you like miss some of that in the moment, but yeah, women's race was great. It was, it was awesome to see the, the crowds were huge, especially on the hill. It was pretty bonkers. He was thick with folks. It it seemed sweet. I don't awesome. know. But yeah, it's it's so weird to watch a race and then have to go home and watch the race because you're like, yeah, I know what happened, but I don't know what happened. You know, um, and it's such a tight circuit. Like actually being there and seeing the circuit, and a bunch of groups would come by, and you'd be like, well, that's the whole race, and then like a couple minutes would go by, and then you'd hear, ur, 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 and like another group would come in, and you'd be like, how is that possible? But Groups are getting back together that I didn't think were possible to get back together. It's like f- from like early on when they um, got on the circuits, like so it was impressive. Overall, you guys, uh, maybe not Sam because he wasn't there for the road segment, but we were at Richmond Worlds in 2015. Uh, little guy, what do you think in comparison? Similar, better. Uh, worse from what you saw of the course, uh, just uh, different beast, uncomparable. What what do you got? Uh, roadwise, yeah, a little different beast. I I don't know if there was a spot like Richmond had such a good setup with those hills, and then they had like a screen up at the hills, so like we were really at Richmond able to like post up mm-hmm. on one of the decisive climbs, and then also be able to see what was going on be with able the race. To watch that live, yeah. And watch that live. And that kind of, there was more people in that one spot at Richmond where we ended up hanging out. Whereas, I don't know if they, they prep maybe had a spot somewhere on the course that had that, had both of that. I feel like a lot of times at these races, like there's a screen up, but it's on a flat section of course. And it's kind of like, like you could have gone down near the finish, but it wasn't really like a super exciting place to watch the race by the finish. When there were, there were a handful of pretty awesome little climbs and little narrow bits in Glasgow there that like, uh, like we ended up at that climb cause it was kind of like when Richard we walked in from, I don't know when we walked <laughs> in from where we were, when we walked in from where we were like, able to park, like that was the first kind of like decisive spot okay. we got to. Right. And then we also about, knew it was one of the awesome spots. So how about this little guy? It was different, but it was good. Which climb just immediately impressed you more Libby Hill in Richmond or this hill that you were on in Oh, uh, well, Libby was a little more impressive just because it, it was twisty. Yeah. It's totally Libby Hill. Totally Hill. But, you know, I walked some bits of the, the Glasgow course. Like, so when I got in on Thursday, I, like, took the bus into the city. And before I met up with Tim and got to ride that wacky old, old-timey old bicycle that there's uh-huh. photos of us on <laughs> internet riding, I walked around by the university or one of the universities and the course went through like a park and, and was on these narrow streets and stuff. And that stuff seemed really cool, but that was like kind of far off from like where we ended up being able to get to the race. So it would have been a pretty big thing to get over there and get back. I did like, like Richmond, if I'm remembering correctly, Richmond seemed like they were on the city portion of the course for longer you know what I mean? Like they did mm-hmm. more laps or the laps were a little longer. So it was maybe a little easier to get around in that sense. Whereas like, while they were kind of, the laps were fairly long in Glasgow, like it was a little more tight and crit, critty when it got into the, into the city portion of it. And I didn't, even if we moved around a lot, I didn't feel like 
I don't know, you found like a good spot and you're kind of like, they're going to come around in like 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, um, but there were some pretty cool spots on the other side of the course that I like saw in the video and I got to walk parts of this course. And, um, that was where some of like the decisive moves went down and stuff. But some of that was just cool because it was like, yeah, ups and downs. Like it was just a tight course. All right. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. So, all right. It brought a little it's so, something that obviously we don't quite like. You got to kind of anywhere you're in the United States, it's just like everything's spread out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in a way that's just not was, there. So overall, it was a uh, it was a fun, <coughs> fun um, trip. Uh, Spencer, I hope we can do another one uh, as a, a full podcast team to get it it's done. The dream. But, um, yeah, we we had a <laughs> a, a good time. Um, We've, we were talking a little bit before pod. We were going to touch a little bit on the Vuelta um, and kind of wrap yeah. it up uh, uh, there. Yeah. I don't know why people call this uh, Vuelta the, like, you know, the the forgotten stepchild of Grand Tours uh, and why it doesn't get the respect that the other tours get. <laughs> um, because it's a really well-run, well-planned it's event. so well-run. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, no, we're talking I'm about getting, the Volta, not getting the some updated information here. It sounds sounds like the Volta is a clown show so far. <laughs> Total clown show so Why far. Why is it a clown show, boys? Well, well, we're two we're two days in right now. I'm recording this Sunday night, so we've got two stages. <laughs> and a team time trial was the first one. So start with the so, team time trial. Why is it a clown show? I know you don't. You didn't see this, Timmy. They in classic Volta. This is the thing the Volta's done in the past is they like to run the time trial and they like to run it in the evening. Yeah, night. Uh, the team just start it so that they can kind of like finish the race up at night. Yeah. What they didn't seem to think about, at least, was that uh, if it was a rainy, cloudy, dark day, uh, it would be full on pitch black by the time the last handful of teams went off in the rain. So you've got like... Summit teams, so like DSM one, so right there you know it was a weird day. DSM won yeah, the team time trial, certainly. But DSM <laughs> went off like I don't know third or fourth team or something early enough that like they had light. But by the time Ineos and Jumbo and uh, whatever Remco's team is called now went off, it was full on night. The sun had set, and there was no lighting other than just normal street lights. So yeah. you've got guys on time trial bikes in the rain with no lights doing 40, 50 K an hour. Yeah. And everyone was crashing. <laughs> if you go back to back and watch the highlights, every team I think loses somebody in the last corner. Yeah. And of course it's a team time trial. So we're taking from the fifth rider. It's, it was total carnage and ridiculous. The thing I will say, the only good thing that came out of this is that Remco comes across the line and is already gesticulating with his hand as if he is actually Italian. Like I, he was already like cursing and like yelling about it. And that he actually, I actually kind of like Remco now. Like I've never really cared for Remco very much, but the fact that he like took it on and was just like, I am not having this. I am going to complain about this. I am not going to be like, Oh, it was okay. You know, whatever. We all take it in stride. He was like, this is not safe. This is not okay. Like, you wouldn't drive at yeah. night with yeah. no lights on in these conditions. Now, I heard rumors of riders basically having to ride back from the finish line to their yes. hotels in the dark Bonkers. on their time trial bikes with no lights and nothing. Like, yes, 
insanity. It was in this, the streets of Barcelona. This, in the streets right? of Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> Not a busy this place. Comes, this no. comes, uh, what, two days after after a U23 rider, like, passed away this last week. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like who, who, like, died in traffic, like, some sort of traffic incident. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm not going to say what it was. But, like, you know, like, people... Like being on the road is not always a safe thing, and yeah, they do a race at night, and then they are like, "Well, find your way back to the hotel." This is the first day. The riders are obviously pretty ticked. I can't imagine how the next couple of weeks are going to go. Today on the second stage, they took GC at nine k to go because yeah. everyone was so upset about it being, <laughs> and which is crazy for one reason but then they had the longest period of not being able to figure out who actually had the gc before they gave it to piccolo or whatever because i don't it's like they said let's do it at 9k because that's far enough out but then they didn't think about the fact that they didn't like have have something at 9k yeah (laughs) Yeah, with a timing strip and like (laughs) like i don't understand what they're doing how can they be like doesn't the same people that run the tour run the vault at this point like it's, I can't believe we're this ridiculous, and we're two days in, and it each day has felt like now a this. Small maybe they should. I think I think maybe. Tim would agree with me on this. I think this is a tour that should be three weeks long because we need <laughs> this kind of drama yes. in our lives to just close. And they should out do the season. every stage. They should do every stage in Barcelona, in one of the <laughs> oh world's gosh. most populated, condensed, and beautiful cities in the world, and uh. just put. 21 stages of a bike race in a city that is totally able to handle the caravans and everything. Well, let's, I mean, yeah, I, if they, if they keep up this rate of craziness at the Volta, there's no way we're going to be able to even remember what to talk about next week. Oh my goodness. I mean, I I did read, I did read in a newspaper that they couldn't get the city of Barcelona to turn the street lights on in time. That the streetlights were due to be on at like 8.45 p.m., but the last racer came across the line at like 8 p.m., but since it was so okay, dark, so they couldn't get the... But here, okay, why are the streetlights... Why don't the streetlights <laughs> in Barcelona come on when it gets dark? And that's that's a weird... The Volta organizers throw well, in Barcelona. Okay, like, it's, it's Barcelona, you know, thing runs their own time. You know, they'll yeah. fiesta okay, but th- that's a weird there, throwing you know, them you know, under you know, the bus. Like, they, they should have... N- the this, organizers this of the race should have gone, well, the streetlights don't turn on until after our race will finish. Maybe we should have lighting. <laughs> or as Remco said, we waited around all day. Why didn't we just do this time trial during the day? Because we had sunlight during the day. I don't know. I was excited uh, gotta, about the Volta. Now I feel kind of bad watching it. It's like it does watching it somebody does, else's yeah. misery at this point. It's like I wanna I wanna yeah. watch the Grand Tour. Like I'm excited to watch a Grand Tour, but like this is not Are fun. Are you a Remco fan now? I think I'm a little bit of a Remco fan now. Well, and he's Just I appreciate him like Luke said, holding the race accountable. Uh because yeah. safety has been I think an afterthought for a long time for a lot of races. Um and the UCI, uh, to be fair, um, and it needs to be front, front and center. Like it needs to be called out. It needs to be improved across the board. Um, and hopefully, maybe this will start moving the needle a little bit, um, and they can focus on something like that instead of 
banning perfectly legal athletes and uh, and all the other things that the UCI is very concerned about lately. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, you think they would f- focus on rider safety? Ideally, that would be that would, that be, would a, be a great thing for them a to good focus on. Thing to try, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, the Vuelta will promise to be fun for the next uh, three weeks. I'm sure, but. <laughs> More importantly, next week we'll get we'll to see. all of those listener emails. We got a ton. You can also email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com if you want us to tackle um, your questions or if you're in need of advice. Um, we're here for you. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at the slow ride pod. Um, and with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Minneapolis reminding you to always wave. Had all your fellow cyclists they see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.